Well, good morning, everybody. All right. We want to greet those of you who are watching online. My name's Brian, and this is my wife, Becca. She serves as our worship director here at the church, and it's just a privilege for us to be able to share God's word with all of you today. For those of you in our campus, campuses in Waterbury, New Milford, and in Derby, and also for those of you who are watching online, welcome to you. We're so glad that you're able to join us in this way. For those of you sitting here in the Bethel campus, uh, greetings to you and uh, on this Mother's Day. We are in a, a series right now called Walking Wisely. We've been in a year called Heaven on Earth. We really want to see the Lord bring heaven to earth. Mm -hmm. And we see it, don't we? We see glimpses of heaven come to earth. In this part of our year, we're really focusing on what it means to walk wisely. And we're in the book of Proverbs, looking at different Proverbs, these quick and clever sayings that teach us how to, how to live practically. And when we live these lives uh, full of wisdom, this is when the Lord is able to use us in powerful ways to bring heaven to earth. And so today we're, we're going to do that. And we're going to share from Proverbs chapter 3. I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible or you have um, a device that you can get the scripture in front of you, we're going to go right through this passage, line by line. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And it was read before. Um, but we're just going to go line through line. And there's a main theme to this. And this is the, the call uh, to walk wisely. And the theme is this theme of trust. Mm. And so we're going to start off, Becca's going to start off by talking about this first line in this passage, which is trust in the Lord. Mm. Well, good morning, everyone. The Spirit of the Lord is here, yeah? Amen. Yeah. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And uh, I was even sensing today in worship as we were just worshiping together that um, some of us have had, uh, we have obstacles keeping us from being able to trust the Lord. Yeah. And uh, the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I just pray that you would lean in this morning and allow him to break through those obstacles and lean into trusting him. This is a, a proverb and a verse that if you have grown up in the church, you probably know this by memory, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the translation I always grew up knowing, and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. To trust in him. Trust means to cling to, to confide in, to set one's hope and one's confidence upon. That is a big ask your hope and your confidence. And we're supposed to put that trust in the Lord, the writers of Proverbs says to us. So it got me thinking, you know, why do we trust in people or in things? Like why, what, what causes us to trust? And you know, take for example, maybe a surgeon. So you need a life-saving surgery. You don't really know anything about the surgeon, yet you're trusting this person. Why is that? I mean, you don't know if this person is a good spouse, if they're a, maybe a good parent, even general. If they played video games the whole night before. <laughs> you know, how they did in med school. You don't know how they did in med school. You don't get to see their transcript. Yet you are trusting this person. Maybe they've come on the recommendation of somebody else, maybe a doctor or something, but why are you trusting this person? Well, because they have a degree from medical school saying that they have passed and they can do this surgery. They have been licensed by the state. They are employed by an organization that says, yes, this person has the right credentials. You can trust their credentials. Church, we can trust the Lord's credentials. Amen. 
I'm going to say that again. We can trust the Lord's credentials. It is all throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation, the faithfulness of the Lord. And, and that's why when we read scripture, scripture edifies, it encourages us. It lifts us up because we read about the faithfulness of the Lord. It testifies of his character. When we go to scripture and we say, Lord, show me who you are. And then we read about it. It testifies. His credentials are all throughout scripture. But we also know that he has good credentials from the testimony of others, don't we? The writer of Hebrews says, forsake not the gathering together, the assembling together, as some have done. don't, Don't stop doing that, but encourage one another. So when we gather together, share your testimony. I would often say to people, you know what, you should have a 30 second testimony, a two minute testimony, and a 20 minute testimony. So that you have places everywhere that you can talk about this. Let it become your common language, asking people what the Lord has done in their lives. You know, I think many times in life, I, ho- I mean, I-, I don't think I'm alone in this one. We don't understand what's going on, what God is doing in our life. We don't have the full picture. Please tell me I'm not alone in that, okay? We don't have the full picture. And I don't understand what God is doing. Or maybe there's an unanswered prayer that you have been leaning into for days or weeks or years or decades. And you're saying, Lord, why are you not showing up? What, like, why is this prayer going unanswered? And it is in these times that we can become really discouraged. And I realized actually through this pandemic that we've come through that discouragement is such a hidden tool of the enemy. He discourages us and it just kind of shakes everything else. You know, like our foundation seems to be a little shaky. Discouragement. And we get discouraged by these things. And it is in these moments more than ever that we need to lean on the testimony of other people. Lean on their stories. What is God doing in your life? Let this become the language when you get together with your friends. Let this become the language at your dinner table. Learn how to ask the right questions and glean from the testimony of others. Or maybe somebody is discouraged and they need to hear how God has been faithful in your life. And so they can lean on this. This reminds me of the, um, the children of Israel right, when they are wandering in the desert. So they've come out of 400 years of captivity in Egypt. God said, I'm gonna make a great nation out of you. I've got this promised land for you that's flowing with milk and honey. It's wonderful. But for 40 years, they're wandering around in a desert and they are grumbling. Read it, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They are grumbling. Nobody needs to teach us how to grumble, right? That's like an innate trait that is born in all of us. Like you're hungry, you're thirsty, you grumble. That's just what we do as humankind. And so they are, oh, is this microphone like going crazy? Oh, there we go. All right, sorry about that. So they're grumbling, they're grumbling, they're grumbling, they're grumbling. And Moses over and over again is reminding them, remember the faithfulness of God. Remember how God shows up. They're grumbling. And I can almost hear him saying in some of these passages, like, Listen, today might seem like a battle. But do you remember when God fought for us in Egypt? Do you remember when he did that? And he set us free. So today might be a battle, but remember that and hold on to it. God is trustworthy. Listen, today might be, you might be thirsty. It's hot. The pressure's on. It is a hot day in the desert. But do you remember 
when God provided water for us from a rock, God is faithful. God is trustworthy. Listen, I know that life seems a little monotonous right now. Manna every day, the same food every day. Life might seem a little bit tasteless, but he still provides. We've woken up and yet today we have been provided for by God. The Lord provides. You might feel lost. And in feeling lost, maybe a little vulnerable, wandering around, circling situations. But you know what? The Lord, he is our cloud by day and our fire by night. Remember these things. Remember these things. Remember these things. He says to the children of Israel, tie tassels on your garment. Actually make tassels. Tie them on your garments so that when you walk, you see them. And when other people are walking around, you see them. They catch your eye. And that will be a sign to remember the faithfulness of the Lord. He says to them, talk about these things. Talk about what God has done. Talk about his goodness. Talk about his character revealed in the law. Write it down. He says, talk about it when you sit and when you walk and when you sleep. Write it on your doorpost. Post it on your gates. Remember, remember. I love the story of Samuel, how it says he builds, he sets up a monument. His, he raises his Ebenezer. Okay, that's what that word means in that hymn. He raises a stone monument to the Lord in a time that the Lord had helped him and delivered him because he knew, oh, I am forgetful. I am prone to wander, Lord. I feel it. I am prone to leave the God I love. So I'm gonna set up this stone monument. I'm gonna write this down. And in the times where I'm prone to wander or I'm discouraged, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remember that you've got good credentials. The Lord has good credentials. But we can also trust him because of his character. We can trust him because of his character. I think, um, I think back, you know, if like 20 some years ago when we met, before we met, if somebody would have said to me, listen, Becca, I got this great guy. I got this great guy you gotta meet. He's, he's so awesome, he's so cute. Like, he's so smart, he's wise, he's patient. Like, I can already tell he's gonna be an amazing husband, he's gonna be an amazing father. He can grow a beard in like three days. Grizzly Adams, I mean, this guy, you've got to meet this guy. But, all right, okay. Listen, why don't you just show up on Friday, show up at the, the Justice of the Peace and just marry him. I mean, come on, he's quality. I would look at that person and be like, you are crazy. Listen, he's got some good credentials based on your recommendation, but I need to meet him for myself. I need to meet this man for myself. I can try to convince you that the Lord has impressive credentials, and he does. He does. But to have that kind of trust that is unshakable, unmovable, intimate, That only comes from walking with him and experiencing him every day. You need to meet him for yourself. Yeah, that's a really good point. You have impressive credentials too. And good, and good character. And good character. Oh, good, good. (laughs) So, and you found out that some of those things were true. They were all true in the end. Um, I don't want you to miss that point is mm. that 
um, we need to know him. Yeah. And that's where real trust comes from, right? Is that when you get to yeah. know somebody, you're going to build your trust in the Lord as you meet with him, mm -hmm. as you go deeper in relationship with him. Uh, you're going to develop that that mm -hmm. trust. I love how you said that trust, that word in the Hebrew, it means to cling to. Mm -hmm. And I think of the story of, of Ruth. You know the story of Ruth, how she clung to her mother-in-law, Naomi. That was a choice that she made, that yeah. she clung to her and she decided to go wherever she went. That's trust, is a clinging to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Saying, Lord, I'm going to cling to you no matter what. I'm going to cling to your ways. I'm going to cling to yeah. your teaching. I'm going to cling to what you call me to. I'm mm -hmm. going to cling to wherever you go. That's trust. And, and then the passage continues on and it says, with all of your heart. Mm. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. You know, sometimes I think uh, we read things and they become very abstract. You know, what does it mean to trust the Lord with all of your heart? It seems abstract, doesn't it? But actually, it's not abstract. This this part of the passage is very specific. We might think when we first read it, oh, all of your heart, it's just kind of this lovey-dovey language, mm -hmm. it's poetry. No, actually, this was spoken and written in a way that people would have seen it as a very specific mm -hmm. call to action. It's not talking about the organ, the heart. Mm -hmm. It's talking about something different that the first century would have known really well when this terminology heart was used. You see, whenever heart was used, love the Lord your God with all your mm. heart. That's what Jesus says is the greatest commandment, right? So you see this throughout scripture. And so when this phrase is used with all of your heart, what it means is it's, it's calling us to, to the, the ruling center of mm. our life. Trust the Lord with the ruling center of your life. And when people thought of the, the ruling center of their life, they thought of three things, the will, the mind, and the emotions. So now this is getting quite specific, isn't it? Mm. It's not just this lovey-dovey poetry, you know, trust the Lord with all of mm -hmm. your heart. No, it's actually very specific. Trust him with your will, with your mind, and with your emotions. Really, what the proverb is saying here is, is trust the Lord with all that you are. The, the ruling yeah. center of who you are with your, your will. Your will includes your, those moral choices that you make, how you, the decisions that you, you make. Your mind is, is how you think, mm -hmm. um, the lenses that you use to see the world. And your emotions are how you react to the surroundings, how you react to the world that you are in. And so now when you put it into that context and you say, trust the Lord with all of your heart, mm. what the proverb and, and what Solomon is saying to us here is, listen, this is what it looks like to walk wisely. It means trusting God with your will, with your mind, and with your emotions. So you should trust the Lord with every choice mm. that you have to make, with every decision, with your will. Mm -hmm. And so we need to turn to the Lord with the, the choices that we need to make in life. This is a call to action, to, mm -hmm. to actually decide to present to the Lord the things that confront us. Lord, I want you yeah. to speak to me about this job opportunity. Lord, I, I need your help and mm -hmm. your wisdom on how to approach my friend who's struggling. Lord, it's early in the morning. I've got my agenda, but I need you to speak to me whether this is the right 
agenda. With every choice, we're bringing our will before him. But then we're bringing our mind before him. You know, scripture talks a lot about renewing Mm -hmm. our mind, our mind being transformed. This is us saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm gonna trust you in the way that you've taught me through your word Mm -hmm. on how to think. I'm gonna trust what you say about who I am. Mm. I'm gonna trust that, Lord, you say that I'm a child of God. Now this is gonna become a part of my thinking. Mm -hmm. I am a child of God. I'm gonna trust that my sins are forgiven. This now becomes a part of my thinking. I'm gonna trust that you've called us to love our neighbors. This now becomes a part of my thinking. Mm. I'm gonna place my thoughts on all that is good and noble and true because this is what you've taught me to. I'm gonna trust you on how to think. And this is gonna lead us into our greatest good. And not only that, Lord, I'm gonna trust you with my emotions. And if I have to be honest, Lord, sometimes my reactions aren't the right responses. Lord, help me with my emotions. Our emotions and our feelings can be really good indicators, but they're not always accurate. Mm. So often we need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, would you, would you teach me, show me? Are, are my feelings, are my emotions on target right now? Are they aligned correctly? Are, are, they, are they discerning something right now? Lord, help me in this. I trust you to help me understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So when we say, trust the Lord with all of your heart, this is what we're talking about. It's not this abstract thing. It's actually quite specific. Trust him with your decisions. Trust him with the way that you think. Allow him to renew your mind. Mm -hmm. And trust him with your emotions. Release them back to him. We need to be people who are all in for him. You know, we are right now as parents, Beck and I, we are going through, you know, a master class on learning how to trust. And that's because our first daughter is learning to drive. (laughs) We are two weeks in and some of you know about this. And I got in the car and with, with our oldest daughter and I've heard that the driver's ed instructors have a special car where there's, they get a brake on their side. I'm not quite sure if there's any manufacturers in the room or listening today. I think that should be an option for all cars. Yes. I'm just saying. Yes. I'm just saying a little I'm break. I'm constantly looking for mine. I'm like. Yeah, we're pressing it. <laughs> we're pushing down. Nothing's happening. You might as well just install a little brake there. Maybe a little steering wheel too. Right? Maybe a little steering wheel too. You know, I think oftentimes that's how we treat our faith too, to be honest with you. Hey, Lord, you know what? I'm really comfortable with you taking the wheel. As long as I've got a break. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lord, I'm, I'm really comfortable with you sitting in that driver's seat. You know, hey, go wherever you want. I trust you. I trust you. Mm-hmm. But give me a break and maybe a little steering wheel, too. Yeah. Because when you're going too fast, you're going to a place I don't want to go. I want to be able to push on the brake. You know, in fact, when somebody gets me upset, Lord, I want to be able to slow down and make sure they know about it. <laughs> When somebody offends me, Lord, I don't want to just kind of pass by and offer forgiveness. I want to hit that brake a little mm-hmm. bit, Lord. And signal. And signal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> on Mother's Day. Um, I've never done it. <laughs> you can have the wheel, but yeah. I want the brake. And you know what happens when we keep the brake? We always show up late. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that? We always show up late. 
when we're pushing the brakes to what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. And so when it says trust the Lord with all your heart, it means everything. Everything. Lord, <laughs> I'm going to sit here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take me where you want to take me. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I'm going to go at your pace. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go in your ways because I know it's for my good. Mm-hmm. And so um, trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your understanding. Yeah, and I love that he actually emphasizes lean not on your understanding. You would think with all of your heart would, would actually kind of sum this up, but he just reminds us again, remember it's not your own understanding that you're leaning on. You're leaning on his understanding. And when I was thinking about this, I was, two words came to mind. Humility and expectancy. Humility because we have to get into that posture where we say, Lord, I recognize I don't have the full picture. I, I recognize that I think I might know everything, but I recognize I don't, but you do. So I'm gonna lean on your understanding. Lord, I recognize that I have lenses that I look at things through and that I see things through, that I have filters and maybe biases that I lean towards, and I recognize it's not the full picture, and I want your picture. I want your picture, and so lean not on your own understanding, Lord, I want your understanding, not my understanding going forward. And then expectancy. And I was thinking about this word as the Lord kind of like, like put that on my heart, expectancy. Believing before seeing or believing in spite of seeing. Now, I am not talking about a results-based transactional expectancy where God is your genie in the bottle. Okay, that is not what I'm talking about. Way too many people have lost their faith because they have gotten lost in the weeds of bad theology. This is not the genie in the bottle kind of expectancy. This is a relational expectancy. It's that, Lord, I know you. I know you to be good. You are my Abba Father, so I will trust you. You are my Abba Father, so when I don't understand and I don't see why, I can trust you. I know I'm expectant that you will show up in a miraculous way. I am expectant. I can trust you because I know you. I am choosing your way by faith. Lord, I don't know how blessing over cursing actually puts somebody in their place. I don't know how that advances things. I don't know how that works. Don't you think the person needs to know? No, you've called me to bless. I don't know why. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it because I'm leaning on your understanding and not my own. How is loving over hating gonna get us anywhere? How is loving over hating gonna get my point across? I, I don't know, I don't know. But Lord, you've told me that I should do it, so I'm gonna lean on your understanding and not my own understanding. I love that. You know, Karen Sergey taught me this amazing prayer to pray in these situations, talking about leaning not on your own understanding. And it's this, Lord, what are you doing in this person's life and how can I partner with you? I love that prayer because it recognizes, Lord, what are you doing? That's right. You are doing something. You are always at work. You have plans and purposes not just for me and the people I like, you have plans and purposes for everybody. And this person who's driving me absolutely crazy, you know what, you love them. You love them so much that you died for them. You hung on a cross for every person. I don't care what political bias they are. 
I don't care what sexuality they are, what identity they carry. Jesus hung on a cross for every person in this world that we might know him. Lord, what are you doing in this person's life? It is his way and not our way. And let's not get that backwards. So what are you doing in this person's life? And how can I partner with you? Such a humble prayer, right? Because it's saying, that's right. You have a plan in your kingdom for things. And my role is to not run away with things. My role is to listen and obey. My role is to wait upon you and to be a vessel for the power of your spirit to work through to advance your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So expectancy and humility. Yeah, I think we have a, an option uh, in, our, in our life. And as we approach circumstances, um, different um, trials, mm -hmm. troubles even, um, hardships, opportunities, great things. We have this option to either partner with the Lord in what he's doing mm -hmm. or build our own kingdom, Yeah. right? And uh, when we build our own kingdom, we lean on our own understanding. And when we look to build the kingdom of God, we turn to the Lord and mm -hmm. look to his understanding, which is far bigger and greater. I had this uh, picture uh, for us that, that might be helpful. Uh, just imagine, if you will, this great teapot, this just beautiful teapot falling and shattering on the ground. And we all kind of went by and we picked up a piece of that teapot and we just carried it off. And just imagine I had this piece of the teapot and I carry it off and a friend of mine sees me and says, well, well, what do you have there? And I say, oh, it's a teapot. And they're kind of looking at it going, that doesn't really look much like a, a teapot. And I said, oh, no, 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 this is, this is a teapot. And I kind of carried it around. And, and then actually I began to take additional clay and I began to kind of put clay around my little piece and, and build this, this great kind of what I thought and imagined the teapot originally to look like. And, and I kind of built it and there it was. And all along though, there was this great artist who was picking up all the pieces and, and putting the teapot back together. And, and finally, the great artist calls me over and says, hey, Brian, just, I need that little piece. Let's give it back to me and you're, you're, gonna see, you're gonna see where it goes, where it needs to be placed. Maybe a little bit reluctantly, I, I finally just give that piece back to the great artist and they take it. You know what the first thing they'd have to do? Chip away all the stuff that I put onto it. Yep. <laughs> Chip away all the fabrication and all the things that I built it to, to be. Mm -hmm. right? My own little world, what I thought mm -hmm. it should look like. Chip it all away and clean it off perfectly and then placed it perfectly in that beautiful teapot, reconstructing it, restoring it. But it took me releasing it to the great artist who had the mm -hmm. master blueprints. You know, I think this is what the Lord's asking each one of us to do. All of us carry around a piece of the pot or maybe several different pieces. Mm -hmm. You might be carrying around a piece right now and you might be wondering, man, what, what is this doing in the, in the life of the kingdom? What is this decision? What is this hurt in my life right now? How does this affect the kingdom of God? And maybe you're trying to construct and build on your own. Well, the only way that we're going to gain any understanding of what, con what this contributes to the kingdom of God is by releasing it back mm -hmm. to the great artist, the one who can actually put it in its place. Even the bad things of life, he can take and turn them for good. Mm -hmm. And so it's a releasing to him, to his understanding, to see this great picture of what God is doing. The passage goes on and it says, in all your ways, submit to him. We're using this translation that says, submit to him. 
Uh, again, in all your ways, this is kind of just reiterating the all-in nature that King Solomon's calling us to in this proverb. But then this word comes, submit to him. Mm. We see this word several times in, in Scripture, but what, is it, what does it mean? It's kind of a tough word. It seems tough, mm. doesn't it? Um, but notice that the proverb doesn't say, in all of your ways, you consider him, mm-hmm. right? In all of your ways, you know, visit him. Mm-hmm. Weigh your options. Weigh your options. Yeah. Oh, it's a strong yeah. word. Submit yeah. to him in all of your ways. This word submit means to yield to, mm-hmm. to actually put someone else before yourself, to yield to someone else. Um, mm-hmm. In Ephesians 521, it calls us to, it says this, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That actually in our mm-hmm. relationships with one another, there should be submission. There should be a yielding to. Mm-hmm. That actually we should put the other before ourselves. Yeah. That we should serve and sacrifice. This is what Jesus was doing when he washed his disciples' feet. He's showing them what it looks like to mm-hmm. yield to the other. To uplift and serve the other person. Very countercultural, isn't it? But when it comes to the Lord, this word submit, it means to yield to his ways, to his purposes, to his promises for our life. Place him first mm-hmm. above all other things, living a life in service to the Lord, in mm-hmm. partnership with the Lord, where he is Lord yeah. and we are his children. This is what it means to, to yield. In submission, I'll say this, is not oppression. When we say, oh, I'm going to submit, it doesn't mean you're putting your hands in chains. No, quite the opposite is true, is that when we yield to the Lord, it leads to our greatest freedom. Mm-hmm. It leads to the greatest joy because he actually brings us into his fold. He loves us so we know what mm-hmm. real love is. He frees us from our fears and our things that keep, makes us anxious. He gives us good gifts. This is mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful news to mm-hmm. yield to the goodness of God. And there's also, in some of the translations... Yeah, in some of the translations, my Bible says acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And that word is great because it it has this um, connotation of ownership. In the Hebrew, it means like to own him, to own his wisdom, to own his goodness, to own his ways. Make it your own. So we can say in all your ways, adopt and live out the way of Jesus. And he will make your path straight. So your path being the direction of your life... And this is actually royalty language. So they would say, make straight the way of the king. Make straight the path of the king. And it means to level the ground and to remove all of the obstacles. Now, talking about getting in the weeds, lost in the weeds of bad theology, we could look at this verse and be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus and everything's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be great. I don't know, does anybody have that testimony here? I don't have that testimony. But... um, That's not what that means. That is absolutely not what this passage means. Jesus himself tells us in John, in this world you have many troubles. You have many troubles. So what what does this mean that he's gonna make our path straight? There's a great commentator, Skip Moen, who said, he makes sure that nothing impedes our progress towards his objectives. Towards his objectives. Not our kingdoms towards his objectives. He makes sure that nothing impedes. So when we trust in the Lord wholeheartedly, submitting to him in all things, he will make sure that nothing gets in the way of your pursuit of him and nothing gets in the way of your progress towards what he has purposed for you in your life. He shows up 
the Lord shows up and he speaks and he transforms when we obey him. Yeah, when we trust the Lord, it's the place where we can have the greatest impact for his kingdom. Mm -hmm. He makes mm -hmm. way. It's kind of like mm -hmm. John the Baptist, preparing the way yeah. for the kingdom of God and happens through trust. And the fullest life. And the fullest life. Like you were saying, this is not just like shackling yourself. This is the fullest life. And we say, Lord, but how is this the fullest life? Lean not on your own understanding. Give it a shot. Mm. The Lord promises us this is the full life in Christ. Yeah. Two quick things for application for you uh, as we um, just kind of close up this message. The first is this, you know, trusting begins with knowing. And um, we really want to encourage you, mm -hmm. if, if you want to build your trust, to get to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. I wonder, do you know God? Do you, do you know him? Um, do you need to d deepen that relationship? Mm -hmm. Maybe for all of us at some level, the answer should be yes. yes. Yep. Maybe there are some of you who have never started a relationship with the Lord. Do that now. Mm -hmm. Do that now. Don't, don't delay. Don't hesitate. Turn to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I want to start my relationship mm -hmm. with you. Forgive me for going my own way, but Lord, now I want to start my relationship with you. Mm -hmm. You can just say a prayer right now, and, and the Lord will welcome yeah. you in as his child. Let one of us know. We'd love to know that. But maybe you need to begin to know God so that mm. you can trust him more. Yep. And maybe for some of you, you've given your life to the Lord. But if you're honest, your knowledge of God uh, is limited. It's, it's, it's small right now. It and needs to grow and mature. And your, your experience. experience with God is limited. Right. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you. And, and I'm going to be very simplistic right now. Okay. Very simple here. How do we deepen our relationship with the Lord? Spend time with him, mm -hmm. okay? If you want to deepen your relationship with the Lord this week, spend time with him every day. I mean intentional, mm -hmm. actual time that you know is going to happen tomorrow. Put it in your calendar. Spend time with him. How do, we, how do we deepen our relationship? We get into his word. Get into his mm -hmm. word. This week, get into his word. Two more. Third, be ready to act in love. Mm. Be ready to act in love as you walk yeah. through each day. Be ready to step out and love other people mm -hmm. as the Lord prompts you. And then finally, get people around you who are going to encourage you in your faith. Mm -hmm. I think if you would take those four simple things and actually put them yeah. in place in real practicality in your life mm -hmm. every day, you are going to deepen your relationship with the Lord. I really believe that. Take me up on that challenge. Mm -hmm. Last thing, trusting requires releasing. You know, for some of us, we might be pumping the brakes right now mm -hmm. on the Lord. I want to ask you, in what or with what are you holding on to control mm -hmm. right now? What relationship, what opportunity, what thing before you, what decision are you holding on to mm -hmm. control of? What aspect of life are you holding on to control of? And would you release it back yeah. to the Lord? Today, would today be a day where you say, Lord, you know what? I have not been trusting you with this, mm. but I'm changing that now. I want to trust you with it right now. Mm -hmm. Well, friends, we hope that this has been helpful for us uh, for transformation's sake and that we would grow in our trust for the Lord. And as we do that, that the Lord would get great glory, yeah. but also that we would deepen our relationship with him. And I pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus himself. Amen. Amen. Amen.